What is up, Goal Line listeners? Jordan, dude, it's over, man. Our first regular season of the Goal Line is in the books, and it's time for the playoffs, dude. How are you feeling as uh, the 2023 season has finally come to an end? Um, I feel good about our podcast. I don't feel great about uh, football season being over as far as regular season's concerned. Just flew by, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's been fun. Um, we really didn't know what to expect when we started this, and I feel like it's went really well. We've gotten a lot of good feedback. Everybody seems to enjoy it, so that's the main thing, man. If we were just recording this for two different two other people, probably not worth it. But uh, we're glad you guys enjoy it. You know, I disagree, man. It's been worth it to me to just hop on every Monday evening or, you know, Tuesday evening, as the case may be this week, and just talk football with you for an hour, man. I'm sitting aside side time to talk to my best bud about uh, uh about some gridiron stuff, man. So I, I, I got to respectfully disagree that it wouldn't be worth it, even if it was just for two people, man. I mean, that would be the most sentimental thing you'll hear me say on the show. I mean, it is kind of stupid that we didn't do this before because me and you are talking football every week for a couple hours a week and we just never recorded it. So we kind of wasted, uh, I don't know, shit. If we would have started this when we actually started talking football, we would be 10 years into this by now. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been good, man. It's just, the season goes way too fast every year. I mean, and, and when you're not, when you're not enjoying your team's play, it doesn't help either. So we'll get into that though. All right. Uh, just want to say thanks again for all the listeners um, that have been with us since week one and the, and the growing audience we've had. Really appreciate you guys, man. Um, we're just getting started. Don't go nowhere. That we, we got the 13 best games of the season coming up. And as you guys heard us mention a few times over the last couple of weeks, this thing is going to keep rolling through the off season. So still sketching out exactly what that's going to look like, but I can promise you guys it's going to be fun. You know, we're going to do our, our traditional blend of, uh, you know, some hard hitting analysis along with a lot of humor mixed in as well. So looking forward to an awesome 2024 of the goal line podcast. And, uh, you know, with, with housekeeping out of the way, you ready to talk some football? Let's do it. All right, I figured this week, uh, since it was the final week of the regular season, we'll kind of talk about our two respective teams. Um, we're going to start with the Titans, mainly because you had a good weekend and uh, you and your son and your parents went to the game on Sunday. So just kind of tell us a little bit about the experience and being in the stadium for possibly Derrick Henry's last game in a Titans uniform. Yeah, it ended up being a, a pretty historically significant game, man, all, all things considered, once the dust settled this afternoon. Um, but yeah, Thursday. So uh, you guys know my dad's a longtime diehard Titans fan, and I kind of casually picked up on the Titans just as really I kind of our de facto hometown team living here on the outskirts of Memphis uh, since, since I abandoned Dirty Bird Nation, you know, about four years ago. Um but I've enjoyed following the Titans the last couple seasons. We knew it was Derek, it was most likely Derrick Henry's last game in a Titans uniform. I think he's probably right there. You could flip a coin on best Titan ever between him or Steve McNair. Um, and we knew it was going to be his last game in the two-tone blue. So Dad was able to score us some really, really good seats, man. We were sitting fourth row from the uh, fourth row up from the field. Uh, so it definitely pays to be a fan of a uh, crappy team when you get to week 17, week 18. But the Jaguars have been a longtime rival. You know, the Jaguars ended up eliminating the Titans in week 18 last year. So it was damn near poetic that the Titans were able to come in with nothing to play for and gave a hell of an effort, man. They played a really good game. Uh, stands weren't packed. You know, I've been in Nissan before when it's jam packed with fans and that place really gets rocking. 
kind of sucked seeing just the lower bowl filled up, but I will say the fans that were there, uh, they really brought the energy, man. It was an emotional charge day from the moment Derrick Henry came out. Uh, he was the last one introduced on the, uh, the player intros and pretty much every time the Titans hit the, hit the red zone, the, the chant started going up Henry, Henry, and you couldn't help but get goosebumps, man. Uh, he busted off that 70 yarder. I saw on, uh, some of the advanced stats, they said that was actually the seventh fastest, um, speed recorded by an NFL player this season. So dude still got it. He looked great. If he does end up moving on, uh, some team's getting a hell of a player and we just had a ball, man. Brett had a great time at his first game. They, it being the last home game of the season, they had everything in the pro shop, 40% off. So I was like a damn pack mule walking out of that stadium with all the stuff Brett got, uh, that day, you know, the grandparents love spoiling him. So we had a big time. It was a great, great experience. And, you know, looking back, it was really was the end of an era, man. It's most likely the last game for the Titans for Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and Mike Vrabel as a head coach. So glad I could say that uh, we were in the building for it. Yeah, it was a uh, – I had that game on split screen. I was watching the Falcons and the Titans game just because I always follow the Titans every weekend um, just because they're your team and me and you talk football every Monday. So Yeah, um, I do the same with the Falcons too. I was keeping an eye on that Falcons game there at the stadium the whole time. So – I feel like we kind of need to break this down a little bit because it is – I feel like this is a really kind of sad day for Titans fans, man. I just, It is. Dude, the fact that you're already losing Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill doesn't seem like as much of a loss now because he's obviously not the same that he was a couple years on, ago. Yeah, but. on the field it's not. There's some nostalgia because he did have a hell of a run. I mean, from, 19, the, to, from 2019 when he came in, the midway point for Mariota – up until about halfway through last year, it was, you know, it was all good. You know, few few rough performances in the playoffs, but he had a lot of, he, I mean, he's probably the second best quarterback the Titans have had besides Steve McNair. It's kind of sad to say, but Tannehill played a lot of good ball for, for Tennessee. But we, we have touch on this. Like I, I, I get why they're doing this. Cause it, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of stuff going, going on behind the scenes, but man, dude, firing Mike Vrabel, with the the amount of talent that they've given him as a coach in six years, and I'm using talent as a very loose term because, I mean, dude, A.J. Brown, um, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Derrick Henry, I mean, th- that's your that's your star players that he's had for in the six years he's been the coach, and that team is was always in contention. They always played hard for him. You could tell he was a, a player's coach. They all loved him. Um, always played tough, man. I don't think any team was ever looking forward to, to seeing the Titans coming up on, on the schedule. And, dude, if you notice, too, that there was a lot of former players that came to that game on Sunday just yeah. to kind of celebrate. Because I think everybody knows Derrick Henry's done there. I mean, now yeah. now he's definitely done. There's no way he's going back now that Vrabel's gone. Um, the glimmer of hope that was there is gone now. So, yeah, I don't know, sure. man. I just I, – I feel like – Dude, if you're going to fire somebody that good, you better make damn sure you hit on this next hire because, dude, this could alienate the fan base. Like, when you hire or when you fire that good of a coach, it's just, man, you really have to hit on the next one. You better have the plan in place already because, dude, I think Vrabel's a top eight coach in the league. I was, I was trying to go through if he was top five or not. It's probably borderline whether or not he's top five, but I would definitely say he's in the top eight of the coaches in the NFL. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I, I think this is a really risky move, and this this could be a franchise-altering move. Like, this could be for the worse for the Titans, I think. 
I think it, it's definitely a franchise altering move, man. We'll, we'll, time will tell if it's for good or for better. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Him and the new GM that they hired last year, it seemed like they were just butting heads a lot. Um, Vrabel was asking for basically a decision maker to be put in like above the GM. So I guess they'd have, you know, a, a final, you know, arbiter or whatever, whenever those two like could not agree on something. Um, and I think if you put a gun to his head, I think Vrabel knew it was time to move on. Cause the thing is he's a super hot commodity, right? Like mm-hmm. there's rumblings that maybe Ohio state dumps Ryan day and makes a move for him. There's going to be a lot of attractive openings in the NFL, um, this off season, you know, I think the Falcons and chargers are two, two teams that a, a good coach could go in and win right away. Um, and dude, one thing about the NFL, man, like glory is fleeting, right? Like Jerry Glanville said it all those years ago, like NFL stands for not for long. End of the day, dude is six and 18 over his last 24 games, and he's still well regarded in league circles. But I think he could probably see the writing on the wall. I don't think the Titans are going to immediately contend next season. And if he has another, you know, another six and 11, seven and 10 season, Maybe, you know, his star starts to fade a little bit and he's not going to go out and get some, you know, big money contract or a situation where he's got all the control he wants over a team. So I think this was kind of just mutual, man. I think, you know, the Titans got that new stadium opening up in a couple of years. I think they're looking to get away from the the old school smash mouth ball they've been playing and, and get a little bit more of an entertaining brand of football out on the field. Because, dude, they're charging 12000 bucks just for the PSLs for that new stadium to put that in perspective uh previously tickets at the at the old nissan stadium that or the the building they're currently in psls are 2500 there so they're they're going up you know damn near uh 500 just to just to get in the game to get season tickets uh and and people just aren't going to spend that unless you got something attractive out there on the field so i think it was kind of just it really was like a mutual parting of ways i believe i don't think i don't think Vrabel's crying himself to sleep tonight that uh that the titans fired him this might be like a, a misconception that I have of of Nashville as a whole. Um, it's definitely a visitor city. Like it, that's definitely a stadium where you're going to see a ton of visiting fans at every game, just because of where the game it's a tourist is. destination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. so dude, asking people to pay twelve thousand dollars when the product on the field is what it is right now, and now you're firing probably a fan favorite head coach. Oh yeah, he's beloved, man. Yeah, fan favorite head coach, your your best player possibly in the history of your franchise is now gone. I just uh, man, I don't know. I just think they got 2 dude, years to figure it out, dude. dude they lo- got 2 years to get this shit Yeah, but out. dude, losing Derrick Henry and Vrabel in the same offseason is going to be brutal for that franchise. Like I just I don't I don't think that they really are thinking this one through. And yeah, you're right. They do got 2 years to figure it out, but better teams have had two years to figure things out and flop. So I don't know, man, I do not have a good feeling for the Titans moving forward. So I don't trust the ownership's decision-making. I do trust their commitment to putting a a winner on the field. So, you know, a head coach coming in there, he's going to have about a hundred K in cap room. They've already, you know, better have more given than all indications. You, I hope you mean a hundred. I mean, 100, yeah, hundred million. My bad. I'm making pennies, man. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yeah, you knew what I meant. Uh, over a hundred million um, in cap room, and they've given all indications that they're going to be big players in free agency. You're going to have the number seven pick in the draft this season. Um, so I don't know, man. I, it's definitely a, a sad day. Like I said, it felt like 
Yeah, I mean, dude, two years ago, they were the number one seed in the AFC, barely lost to the Bengals on a game when Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions. Um, 2019 made it all the way to the AFC Championship. They were up 10-0 on the Chiefs in that game before uh, the wheels fell off a little bit. It just felt like these guys were a couple, you know, a couple bounces away from from possibly getting a ring during the Mike Vrabel era. And now just like that, it's over, dude. Derrick Henry's gone. Tannehill is completely washed. And Mike Vrabel is going to be coaching somewhere else in the NFL next season. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a hot commodity. I mean, he, he's going to get a job right away. You got you to figure he'll, he'll have a job by the end of this week or possibly next week. Like, there's no way he's sitting on the open market very long. I hope the Falcons get him, dude. I think he'd be perfect for the Falcons, man. I think he's exactly what they need. Well, great transition because we are going to move into the Falcons. <laughs> um, you got you to lose. I don't want to talk. Sorry, Brett just dropped his uh, his metal water bottle in here. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the game at all just because I, it was obvious that they quit on him in the second half. That, that team came out in the second half. I don't know if it was all him. Part of it is Ritter, too. Like – the players were just like throwing their hands up every time Ritter threw a pass or ate a sack. It just, the second half of that game was abysmal. That was one of the worst halves of Falcons football I think I've ever seen. I mean, that game was 17, 17 going into the second half and they lost 48 to 17. Like they, they completely quit. I'm never. That was, yeah, it was, it was horrible, man. Seeing the highlights just, I, dude, I thought they were about to make a run at it, man. You know, the Bucks and Eagles were still kind of close, dude. I thought the Falcons were about to, uh, you know, make a make a, a wing and a prayer run for the playoffs. I'm happy they didn't, um, just because I, I just team underachieved so bad. There's there's no other way to look at it. I know people are like, oh, you're unrealistic because you're a Falcons fan. They had the worst schedule in the NFL. I mean, it was all set up for them to make a run this year. I'm not saying they would have went far in the playoffs. They probably wouldn't have. They probably got ousted in round one, but it still would have they been. They definitely should have won the division, though. Oh, hundred percent. Like, that division's no dog. It, man. Dude, the Bucks are not good. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't know where this misnomer that the Bucks are somehow good. Like they're they're not a good team. No. Like dude, the Falcons they, just they fell had a couple. Apart. Yeah, they they you know a month ago they had strung together a couple good performances back to back. They looked okay opening month, but. Dude, look at the last three weeks of the Bucks, man. They've been horrible. I mean, they barely beat the Panthers, dude. Like they, you know, that was the most underwhelming victory they had over the Panthers possible on Sunday. Fast forward uh, nine hours, they fired Arthur Smith finally. It, it was a relief, um, honestly. I just, I never want to root for someone to lose their job, man. Like, dude, it, especially now, like. But I mean, this guy is going to be completely fine. I mean, he's going to get twenty million dollars or whatever. And his dad owns FedEx yeah. or whatever. He's already a rich guy. He's, so yeah, I agree with you, man. I don't, I don't, I, I don't really give a fuck about Arthur Smith. I feel bad for you know the tight ends coach, right? The fucking the quality control coaches, the guys like that on his staff that are probably also sent packing now that he's gone. My favorite quote from yesterday, and we're going to get into the press conference because I definitely have some thoughts on this. Uh, my favorite quote from yesterday was Johnny Smith was extremely broken up and everybody's like, yeah, no shit. Cause uh, Arthur Smith treated him like the, he was the tight end that was drafted fourth overall. <laughs> um, let's, I want to get into the press conference yesterday, Arthur blank and rich McKay held a p- press conference and I watched the majority of it. Terry Fontenot wasn't even included in the press conference. That's fucking embarrassing. That's your GM should always be front and center when you're making a team announcement, team decision, especially when you just fired the coach. Um, 
Another thing that, that Arthur Blank said was uh, Terry Fontenot will have input on the head coach. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think I'm. I, this is something I never thought I'd say. If they fuck this up this offseason and they have a shitty season next year, next year might honestly be my last year as a Falcons fan. That press conference yesterday depressed me like – Rich McKay is a fucking idiot, and the dude just keeps getting a pass. Dude's 0 for 5 on hiring head coaches. Like, he never makes the right decision. The only reason he's getting a pass is because they yeah. built that stadium, and a lot of that was his doing. Um, how, do you, how do you think he's 0 for 5? You don't call Mike Smith a win, dude? I feel like Mike Smith, I mean, yeah, <laughs> if we're judging a Super Bowl or bust, I, I, it was a it was a O for dude, but I feel like Mike Smith was a, a great coach for the Falcons, man. From okay. where that franchise was when he was hired to where they were when he got canned. <clears throat> I'm okay. I'm not saying Mike Smith was a bad hire, but the talent that they had from the time they drafted Matt Ryan until two years ago was arguably just as good, if not better, than almost anybody else in the NFC. Yeah, it it was it was they had a Super Bowl ready roster for really about ten years. See, and that's like I never thought they should have gotten rid of Dimitrov, dude. I thought Dimitrov was a good GM, man. He missed quite a few on the for draft picks and free agents on the tail end of his run with the Falcons. Um, yeah. Ray Edwards immediately comes to mind. I just, good God, that just was atrocious. <laughs> I think the biggest thing for me, the reason I say he's 0 for 5 is because he never takes blame when something goes wrong. Um, dude, if you really want to like disgust yourself, go back and look at the Falcons 2016 coaching staff. The fact that they kept Dan Quinn and then fired him two years later anyway when you could have had on your coaching staff, you had Mike McDaniel, you had Matt LaFleur, you had Kyle Shanahan, and you had um, – oh, God, who's the other one? Whatever. They had, they have four head coaches that are coaching – head coaches in the NFL right now. Could have hired any of them. I told you right after that game <clears throat> that they should fire Dan Quinn and keep Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I and I know it was just me like being in the moment, but I just felt like when that happens, there's no overcoming that. And I, I'll be completely honest; they proved me wrong. That next year, they played great football. They got beat by the Super Bowl champions in the second round by the Eagles. But I'll admit, dude, they they completely um, outperformed any expectations I had for that 2017 team. Yeah, that was a good team. Went in, went into LA, beat the Rams on the road, and then, dude, they damn near beat the Eagles, man. If you remember, right when they were the Eagles were driving before halftime, and it should have been a pick heading back the other way, putting at least a field goal on the board for the Falcons, and it ended up getting tipped to an Eagles player for like yeah. a twenty-five yard game, man, and that it really ended up turning the whole the whole ball game. Well, that and then uh, Matt Ryan um, threw a pretty hard pass on a jump ball to Julio and it went right through his hands in the back of the end zone Yeah, at the end of the yeah. game. They, they should have won that game. You're hundred percent right. They should have beat the Super Bowl champions. And quite honestly, we probably should have got a rematch of the Super Bowl the year before. It probably would have been Patriots. Yeah, they would have been again. facing, uh, would have been facing Case Keenum and the Minnesota Vikings <clears throat> in the, the NFC championship. Yeah. So we probably would have got a rematch of the Super Bowl the year before, but Whatever, we're not we're not talking about that at this point. I just it pisses me off so bad that Rich McKay gets such a pass on everything just because that stadium and everything that surrounds it. 
like I said, he's been there basically 22 or 23 years now, huh? He's been there since Arthur Blank bought the team in 2001. Yeah. He's been there the entire time. So the failures, I, I think the fact that the coaches and the GMs are the ones that solely get blamed is unfair because Arthur Blank and Rich McKay have just as much in this as anybody. And they made it known that those two are the ones that are going to make the decision on who the next head coach is. If it ain't Mike Vrabel or Jim Harbaugh or, God forbid, Belichick does get fired, it better be one of those three because if you're hiring a hot coordinator again, Dude, you just keep doing the same thing over and over. It's just madness, man. Like, this is not working. You have to hire somebody that knows what they're doing. Like, I'll be honest. I I think Jim Harbaugh is the slam dunk choice for any franchise that is trying to get back. I think the Chargers would probably be the smartest move for him um, just because I think that team is ready to win and they got a franchise quarterback. We do not. But then again, I think there's something to be said for the Falcons have the eighth pick and they can easily get a quarterback in this draft. So, I mean, I think Harbaugh is done at Michigan. I think he's 100% going to the NFL at this point. I just, I don't feel like these, all these allegations and stuff are ever going to go away. And I just feel like the only way for it to go away is for him to be gone. Um, yeah, big, uh, big Pete Carroll at USC Energy, dude. Get get out before the, you know, the ship hits the iceberg, dude. Yeah, and I mean, once he's gone, like, what what are they really gonna do at this point? I mean, he's no longer there. It's not like they can suspend the new coach. So, yeah, um, I just I feel like he's going. Like, there's enough attractive offers in the NFL right now um, that you, this is a good time to leave. I, I seriously, I think the Falcons and Chargers are both really attractive franchises. Uh, for different reasons. Granted, both are completely ran about as poorly as you can run a team. Both of those teams should have a Super Bowl in the last 20 years, and they have zero between them both. Chargers haven't even got to play for one in the last 20 years, so that's just another topic for another day. But, yeah, I just I feel like the Falcons brass is going to let me down again. Um, I, I do, man. I just I have a bad feeling. Uh, I you, dude. They're going to hire. What, what, reason, what reason is there for hope, right? I just, I, they fired Arthur Smith and I was happy until they did that press conference yesterday afternoon. And then it just got me pissed again. Cause it's like, dude, they're going to fuck this up again. Um, I hope I'm wrong, man, but it's just, it's the Falcons fan in me. Just, I think they're going to blow it. If they get Jim Harbaugh, Rabel or somebody like that, I'll, I'll eat it. But I just have this feeling that that's not who they're going to get, but we can move what if on. They brought back Dan Quinn. No, he's not coming back. <laughs> We're not going back to in brotherhood ever again, <laughs> bro. That was your Twitter bio for like five years, dude. All right, let's relax. <laughs> I think that dude is. I think Dan Quinn makes a lot of sense for the Chargers' job. Honestly, I think he's yeah. definitely going to get hired. Um, I, I think he's, he's a decent coach, man. That Vegas, not a great coach. I think he's a decent coach, though. That Vegas job is kind of appealing, but I, I feel like if they don't hire Antonio Pierce, they're fucking idiots. But yeah. it is the Raiders, so they'll probably fire him tomorrow. Um, okay, well, we just uh, burnt 20 minutes talking about our two shitty teams, so let's actually move on to something that is quality. Um, my question to you is, did C.J. Stroud just complete the best rookie season we've ever seen? It's pretty damn good, dude. For As far as quarterbacks go, man, Cam was really good. Cam didn't have all the team success to go along with it, though. Um, 
I, I think it's I think it's him, Cam, and RG three. Man, that that's kind of like the three finalists, dude. So uh, we'll see what he does in the playoffs, man. Obviously, RG 3s playoff game was a disaster. Yep. Um, but no, CJ Stroud, dude. Tip of the cap to him, man. Makes the Panthers look like idiots every single week. And that last drive against the Colts was a freaking masterclass in playing quarterback and just leading your team down the field, man. They were super composed, took, you know, six and a half minutes off the clock and got their team in the freaking playoffs, dude. And he was just playing with total confidence. Um, you flip on the other side, dude, and, and Gardner Minshew, you could just see the nerves, man. Like he he did not meet the moment at all. That last pass when I know people were saying uh, that running back Woodson dropped it, but, dude, that was a horrible ball. Minshew threw him, dude. All he needed to do was lead him a little bit, and it's an easy first down. Colts stay alive. But you could just see Minshew looked so tense. looked like he was almost kind of trying to just push the ball to him because he was so nervous. And, yeah, man, it's the difference between having a blue-chip quarterback and not, dude. So I'm excited to see what uh, what Stroud does uh, against the Browns, man. I think that's got the potential to be a wild-ass game uh, this weekend. Yeah, Um and you can see how much C.J. Stroud means to that team. The two games he didn't play, they looked like an absolutely complete dumpster fire of a program. Um, I just I, – it's going to be tough for me to say that this isn't the best rookie season of all time just because, dude, that team was atrocious last year. And me and you were talking about this in September when they, were, when they looked like they were going to be a decent team this year and when we said they would win the division. So you guys can all suck on that. Um, but it's just, dude, the Texans did exactly what you're supposed to do. They went out and got their guy, D'Amico Ryans. They got their coach. That's who they wanted. So they targeted from day one. That dude was ready to be a head coach. I mean, Shanahan even said it two years ago. He's like, we're going to lose this guy eventually. And he's ready to go. So, um, they, they got their coach. They got their quarterback and they got a defensive end. That is an absolute monster. And it's all worth it now. Like, dude, making playoffs in your first year as a head coach with a first-year quarterback, like, my my hat's off to the Texans, man. That division is tough, too. Like, the fact that they came back and won that division, even with Stroud missing two games, I thought that was going to kill them, honestly. Um, but the Jags just folded like a Kmart lawn chair down the stretch. So, um yeah, it, yeah, I think, uh, dude, I, I think Stroud and, and, and D'Amico Ryan's especially, I think they put some serious heat on some of these coaches, you know, like Vrabel, like Arthur Smith, who have generated kind of mediocre results over the last couple seasons because they showed you, like, dude, it doesn't got to be a five year rebuild, man. Like, you get a couple couple players in the right spots and bring some energy, man. You could turn a team, a franchise's fortunes completely around in one season. That's the craziest thing about it too. That's what I was going to say. They don't have a bunch of household names on offense, dude. Like, yeah, it's people, you know, of like tank Dell, nobody had a clue who he was um, coming into the season. He was a rookie. Uh, Nico Collins played sparingly. was never really good. Um, it looked like 2015 Julio Jones uh, Saturday night. Uh, Dalton Schultz was a great pickup from the Cowboys. I thought that was a perfect pickup for a rookie quarterback. And then Devin Singletary, dude, Damian Pierce isn't even the running back there anymore. And that guy had one of the best rookie seasons for a running back last year. And Singletary just took over. I mean, these guys are just playing, man. They're, there's no selfish attitudes on this team. You can tell they all love each other, and they're just out there playing. I don't know how this weekend's going to go, but either way, this season's a major success for them. Um, I know a lot of Huge. people were talking about them trading back up to the third pick to get Will Anderson about how stupid it was because they'll probably end up giving up a top five pick this year. That pick's going to end up being in the, in the 20s, and right now that 
fucking trade looks like a disaster for the Cardinals because yeah, you got your cornerstone on offense and defense for the next you know seven eight years now. Yeah, it's just that trade for Arizona looks like an absolute train wreck at this point. Um, but yeah, impressive stuff out of the Texans. Uh, also impressive. Uh, Bills went into their bye week at six and six, end the season at eleven and six, and win the division, get the two seed. Didn't even flinch. Did not even flinch. From the flinch. 10 seed to the 2 seed in the uh, the last month of the season, man. Didn't even flinch. Didn't even affect him at all that they were 6-6. Six and six. McDermott's job was on the line. Didn't affect him at all. Ended up as the 2 seed. My hat's Dude, off, they man. haven't lost since he uh, brought up the 9-11 hijackers, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> They're undefeated. He got roasted for that. They have not lost a game since that moment. Dude, watching them on Sunday night, though, I guess I don't, I never watched them close enough. Good God, dude. Josh Allen can make like the most spectacular plays ever. And then the next play, make like the dumbest decision I've ever seen on a football field. That game should have been like a 35 7 game at halftime. Josh Allen was determined to keep the Dolphins in that game, though. I just, it's wild, man. It's it's wild. They remind me a lot of the Vikings last year, dude. Like a good team, but it's just like their destiny to just live on the razor's edge, man. And I'm still sticking with them as my, I'm you know, yeah. spoiler alert. I'm picking them to win the freaking Super Bowl. Um, but I just I feel like every single game is going to be a tightrope, man. And you know, you're going to be walking that thin line between, like you said, dude. Josh Allen either making a spectacular play or making a spectacular mistake. The only good thing for them. And I'm going to say that the only good thing for them is the rest of the AFC outside of Baltimore looks like a fucking dumpster fire. Um, I I think the Browns are going to be a really tough out, but I think the Bills can beat any of those teams, especially getting them at home. Like this is going to be the thing for them that if they get the Chiefs in the second round, which let's just all assume the Chiefs win that game and the Chiefs have to go to to Buffalo. If they don't win that game, McDermott has to be fired at that point. Like I don't, I don't know how you can get this laid out any better for you. You have to at least play for an AFC title. Um, yeah, I, I, I seriously think that if they're not playing for the AFC championship, like that's a immediately fireable offense. I mean, God forbid Josh Allen doesn't get hurt or something like that. Like obviously that's different, but they have to be playing for the AFC championship this year. Um, let's talk about, we kind of already hit on it, but the Jaguars missed the playoffs after starting eight and three, uh, dude, I'll be honest. I'm shocked that, uh, Peterson wasn't fired yesterday. Like I seriously thought he was going to get fired for that. I mean, you usually see another, another firing some, you know, towards the middle of the week, uh, during this time. I mean, I don't think the dust has totally settled yet. I know he's pretty well liked by the players in front office. Everybody, everybody you talk to says, you know, he's one of the nicest guys in the NFL. So that's probably getting him a little bit of goodwill. Um, but yeah, they looked, they looked bad, dude. You know, Trevor Lawrence, I know I famously picked him to win the MVP this year at the mid season mark. Dude, <laughs> physically impressive, right? That is a big dude, man. Yeah. Like seeing him in the warm up stuff, he definitely stood out, um, out there. Like he, he just looks like the freaking prototype of what a quarterback's supposed to look like. But dude, he was just airmailing some of those incompletions, dude. He was missing in a way that you really don't see, you know, really any type of starting quarterback, much less like, you know, somebody who's supposed to be like a franchise type QB, um, just completely airballing some of these passes down the stretch when they're literally fighting for their playoff life, man, playing against a team that had nothing to play for and they just could not get it going, you know? Um, 
I, I was not impressed at all with uh, with seeing them in person on Sunday. Yeah, definitely not good for them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he still got fired this week. That's just that's a pretty bad collapse. I mean, I don't I don't really know how you come back from that one. That's and it's not like the the problem is is it's not like they had a major injury that should have taken him out of it. Like they just started playing like shit. Here's the thing, though. Through that eight and three stretch, me and you kept saying, "I don't think this team is that good. I just think they're playing bad teams and catching them at the right time." Like, yeah, they didn't. They they were getting the wins, but they did not look impressive at all. Yeah, um, that's really all I got for headlines. The only other thing I was going to touch on was Black Monday, which we kind of already hit on all the coaches, other than Ron Rivera. Um, which who didn't see that one coming? But yeah, Arthur Smith and Vrabel were the other two that were fired in the last two days. So don't really need to go in too depth with that. Um, let's go. We do got to give our our fuck you of the week to EA Sports for not giving oh. us a uh, a college football, uh, a, you know, a college football 24, 25, whatever the game is going to be called commercial last night during the national championship game. There were teasers and stuff out there that we were going to get some sort of trailer or release date. And we were all left with blue balls by the end of the game. And I, I knew once it didn't happen um, half during halftime that it was over, man. But yeah, like, dude, they could at least tweet it out like, hey, guys, sorry. I know I know the excitement's there, but we don't have anything ready for tonight instead of us just waiting every single commercial break for this commercial to hit. Yeah, um, I guess we can touch on last night, too. Just, dude, Michigan was just way more physical than Washington was. and I just, It's a lot faster, too, man. I, I said it coming into the playoffs. I thought Michigan was the best team. I, I wasn't going to come off of it. I just I seriously thought that they were just the most physical team and that they were going to have their way, especially when they got Washington, dude. Pac-12 teams don't see teams like that, like – that team just hammered the ball. Like that that's just what they did. The only reason Washington was even staying in that game is because Harbaugh's a fucking idiot and started throwing the ball. It's like, <laughs> dude, they were averaging 15 yards a carry through the first quarter. Like my quarterback would be literally doing nothing other than handing the ball off with those stats. Like, I just I don't get it. And they let him back in the game, but I mean, it was a seven-point game at one point, but it was re- really never close. Like it, it never seemed in doubt. Just watching the game, the eyeball test, Washington just seemed completely physically outmatched. Man, Penix lost himself a lot of money last night. I feel like that was not a great showing, man. That was the best. Te- that was the best team he's probably best defense he's probably played, and it showed. Like he got hit a lot, and the injury concerns. He's twenty-four years old. Not not at all a good showing for him. J.J. McCarthy lost himself a shitload of money, too. Mel Kuyper was swearing a week, couple weeks ago that he was a top-five quarterback. And Really? I yeah. do not see it with him at all. He doesn't even, I didn't even think he was like an NFL prospect, man. Oh, yeah. I, I had seen a couple of things a couple of weeks ago about him getting drafted at the tail end of the first round. That is not happening anymore. Yeah. That dude's- Phoenix, I think he would be a very intriguing, like, second round draft pick to take a flyer on man like maybe if you got an aging qb like i i, I think he could be productive in the nfl but it's going to need to be the the right coaching staff and, and system yeah agreed um we got to do this one last time since this is the everything set now we're going to run through the top 10 of the draft real quick just because we've we've been doing this all year so we might as well just continue the last week of tankathon so the bears locked up the number one pick the panthers pick ended up being number one so Bears get to decide whether or not to draft a quarterback at one again. Uh, Washington is two, New England three, Arizona four, Chargers five, 
Giants 6, Tennessee 7, Atlanta 8, Bears 9, and Jets 10. Titans would have had the number five pick if they just would have lost that game on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, it's tough though, man. Like it was worth it for that win. That was a memorable game. That, and that was just a, that was a really great way to send all those all those guys off. Now that it really you know did end up being the end of an era. Yeah. All right, man. That's it for headlines this week. That was a that was definitely a lengthened headlines week. I mean, <laughs> this is the last time we're going to get to talk about all thirty two teams in the same week yeah, this year. So, so. Lot, lot, most of these teams aren't probably going to get a mention the uh, the next couple of weeks. Let's get into picks. All right, Jordan, how did we do last week, man? One game decided it. I had the Titans, you had the Jags. I went 12 and 4, yeah, you man, went 11 I and 5. I, the, I did I picked that before I knew I was going to be in the house, man, for that game. If I knew I was going to I, I didn't find out I was going to that game till uh Friday, man. So that that definitely kind of skewed my prediction. I feel like I should be able to get a get a mulligan on that one. I do want to point out, man, the Titans are 2 and 0. Oh. The last two games that I have been at, and they are five and eighteen in the twenty-three games in between. I'm not saying I'm like the key to the Titans' success, but I'm not not saying that either. I would also like to point out that that the game you went to before this one was the Packers game, and the Titans didn't win another game the rest of that season either. So, I mean, are you the curse <laughs> or are you the help? <laughs> they were looking like possibly the favorites to make it out of the AFC and go to the Super Bowl last year. Let's, uh, let's after, also, after game let's also point out another fact. They went on a huge skid the end of last year after you went to the game. And uh, what happens two days after you go to the game this year? They fire Mike Vrabel. So, Maybe I'm like the Black Widow, I guess. You be the judge. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into it. Only six games to pick this uh, weekend, but I think they're all they're all pretty intriguing matchups for different reasons. So uh, let me get it pulled up. We'll go in. We'll go in order of the games. So first off, the uh, the Saturday afternoon special. This is typically like the least hyped uh, playoff game. We got the Browns traveling down to Houston to play the Texans. I think this is going to be a great game, dude. Like I, I do too. I, I get what I you're saying. Like game. usually, you're. I think right. it's just the the marquee, man. I think it's the this has got the the least uh, you know star power or whatever. Yeah, dude. I just think Stroud's going to struggle against their defense, man. I think the Browns' defense is just the key to this game. I I just don't think the Texans are going to be able to score enough points to win this game. As much as I would love to see them win, I just I think the Browns win this game. Dude, I don't know. I mean, the Browns defense, like, I feel like they're more like a playmaking type defense, though, than a straight up just like shutdown team. Like, they've been gouged for some points. You know, they've given up 30 plus a couple times uh, this season. And, you know, they've given up 20 plus a lot. I don't know. I, to me, dude, I think this is going to be like a kitchen sink game, man. I, I see I see a lot of turnovers happening, man. I see some funny bounces. I think we're going to see these teams empty out the playbook. Uh, dude, I think. Uh, Joe Flacco has some very big, you know, Cinderella at midnight vibes heading into this one, dude. If you look at some of the pro football focus analysis on him, he's been lighting it up, but he's also had a ton of turnover worthy throws that the defensives have just not been able to make the play on, right? Dropped interceptions, you know, missed, uh, you know, missed slots. Like he, he's kind of like snatching victory from the jaws of defeat on some of these big plays he's making. 
Uh, I think Houston's going to get the upset, dude. I think Houston wins in a wild one. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking something like 33 to 30, something like that. And, uh, and they managed to get the win in front of the home fans down there. I'm going Houston. All right. All right. The next game, the Saturday night game, which absolutely genius business move here. This one is only going to be available on Peacock. The Swifties are probably already shutting down the uh, servers. They're creating accounts to see this one. Got the Miami Dolphins limping in on fumes to face the Chiefs, man. Fucking Kansas City, dude. How how lucky could they get, dude, that they're catching the Dolphins in this state um, for, for Saturday night? Yeah. Imagine us saying this was going to be the matchup Brown one a month ago. I'm pretty sure both of us are taking the Dolphins a month ago. Yeah, like, Dolphins would have blown their doors off, dude. But now, man, it just feels like, dude. I, you know, I told I I told Jordan this other day, texting, dude. I feel like the Dolphins, if they need to make one move this off season, I think they need to get a new training staff in there and maybe like a new strength and conditioning coach because this is back to back years that they've just been limping into the playoffs with multiple injuries across you know across both the the starting lineup on offense and defense. I will say, though, it sounds like the majority of the guys that missed last week with um, smaller injuries like Mostert, uh, Waddle, and Xavier Howard, it sounds like all three of those are probably going to play. So that makes them – dude, I, I don't know how we got to this point, but Raheem Mostert is like a need for the Dolphins' offense. Like, A-Chan is really <laughs> good. good. Like He can bust some really good plays, but, dude, Mostert just runs so hard, and he always runs downhill – yeah, just, A-Chan's definitely the change of pace guy. I, I would love to I'm see I'm still going up- Chiefs, though. Oh, so am I. I would love to see an upset. The other factor is it's going to be snowy, and it's five degrees in Kansas City on Saturday night. So, yeah. All, not good to a conditions. All adds up for not a great game for the Dolphins. So, yeah, I'm going Chiefs as well. The X factor is this is Tyree Kill's first trip back yeah. to Arrowhead. You know he's going to be – he'd love nothing more than to stick the knife in him, but – I just did. I, I love Tua, man. Like personally, as a fan, I love Tua. I'm always going to root for that guy. I don't see it happening though on Saturday night, dude. I think I think the Chiefs win, man. If Tyreek Hill sees less than 15 targets in this game, they should literally take McDaniel out back and shoot him in the head. Like, there's, <laughs> dude, you have to give that dude every chance to make a highlight play in this game because he's going to want it really bad. Yeah. So. Yeah, neutral site game. You know, it was months ago. These teams are, you know, definitely a little bit different since then. But it was a very close game, man. They were the Dolphins were that Tyreek Hill, um, you know, fumble that got ran back for a touchdown, and then just a couple missed balls from two at the end away from from beating the Chiefs um, over in Europe. So they could get it, but I just I think there's a ton of vibes going against the Dolphins right now, and that's that's why I think the Chiefs get get the win Saturday night on Peacock. Yeah, it's going to I think it's going to be a good game though. I hope it is. I hope it's a really good game. Yeah, I don't I mean I don't think the Chiefs have shown the ability to blow anybody out this year. I don't think they're they're we know what their offense is after seeing them for 17 games. I think I think they're going to win a, you know, a low-scoring defensive game. Yeah, agree. All right. Sunday got the triple header first up at noon. Got the Steelers and Bills in Buffalo. I think the Bills win a close one, man. Uh they're favored by 10. But dude, the, like I said earlier, dude, the Bills kind of like to ride the lightning, and the Steelers have have played really well. And honestly, since uh, you know, we really said it as a joke, dude. I wish I could say I knew this guy was going to come in and play really good, but the Steelers have been playing pretty good since freaking Mason Rudolph came in. I think they give the Bills, you know, all they can handle, but but the Bills do end up getting the win. Yeah, the Bills are definitely the ride the lightning team. Like they're going to make some boneheaded plays, but they're also going to make some highlight plays. So I think the Bills are just a better team overall. Um, 
not having TJ Watt absolutely kills the Steelers too. Yeah. And they already sure. announced he's out. So yeah, I'm going Bills. All right. I think this is a sneaky good game, dude. Dallas favored by seven and a half. I don't see them as a, a touchdown plus favorite in this one, man. The Green Bay Packers, the red hot Green Bay Packers coming into town to place the Cowboys who, you know, Dallas just feels like one of those teams. You see it in all sports, man. One of those teams that comes playoff time. It seems like there's just that invisible set of hands, you know, right there waiting to grasp. And it, it's like the moment like things start to go sideways or they don't get off to a good start. You can almost feel it squeezing on like the whole the whole stadium. Right. It's not even just the team. Like you can you can feel the anxiety level start to raise with the fans. and You see it with the coaches on the sidelines. I feel like the Cowboys got that. And I think the Packers are a really dangerous team rolling in with nothing to lose. I agree. Um, we need to stop this real quick and give uh, Jordan Love some flowers. Dude. Killing it, dude. I was writing that dude off after like week seven. I'm like, this is not he good. He came around, man. He has played so well. He made some throws in that Bears game that I didn't think he had. That one where he was like backpedaling down towards the end zone and threw it off his back foot and just it was a laser right between two Bears defenders to his tight end. Yeah, that, that dude's got it. I so do. I had I had a stat ready for you, man. Last eight games of the season, Jordan Love eighteen touchdown passes, one interception. He's balling, absolutely balling. Their offensive line is playing really well, dude. That Bears defense was the second best defense in football yeah. since Week Nine. Bears played some really good football down the stretch, man, and the, and they didn't make it easy on. They did not give that game away on Sunday either, man. They they were playing it like it was a playoff game for them too, trying to knock their their heated rivals off, man. man. I just I did. I think I'm picking Cowboys, but I think this is a very I think this is a landmine of a of a wild card game for Dallas for just a lot of different reasons. It's a rivalry game. It's a huge rivalry game at that, dude. I mean, this was one oh, of the yeah. biggest. This is why this, this has got the marquee spot, man. The sun Sunday afternoon game, dude. Like this is like the like number one spot for the you know wild card weekend, man. Yeah, they, they teed up Green Bay and Dallas when Aikman and Buck were on Fox. This is the game they always called when Madden and Summerall did to get were together. This is the game they always called. Yeah. It, this is definitely the spot of the weekend. I'm going Cowboys as well. Do they have those vibes and they have Mike McCarthy as their head coach who has been known to blow a playoff game? Yeah. I just think they're a better team than the Packers, man. I just I feel like they're CD Lamb's a damn good player too, dude. I to see CD Lamb's gonna be the best football player on the field yeah. on Sunday, man. I like, mean he's he, he, he is really gonna have, came on. He is gonna have Jair Alexander shadowing him, which is no easy task for any receiver, but I think Dak makes enough plays. I think they run the ball well enough, and I, I think they win a close game, but I do think the Cowboys win. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, man. You agree, though, man, that it's that they're on a little bit shaky ground. Oh, dude, the the Cowboys. Anytime they go into the playoffs after the '90s, it's like a the Cinderella pumpkin. Like, <laughs> when is this going to happen? Somebody else we got to give some props to, man. Dak Prescott, dude, he balled out this year, man. Like Lamar Jackson ran away with the MVP conversation just because he had some. He really kind of just peaked at the right time, right there in that last month. He in some big games, he he you know shined his brightest, dude. But I feel like Dak Prescott's got a hell of a case uh, for for being MVP for this season. He does. Lamar having that game on a Monday night against the 49ers and shining the way he did, though, ended the MVP yeah. conversation. Brock kind of Brock was kind of sitting at the number one spot, and then Lamar just completely outplayed him. Yeah, it Dak did play absolutely incredible football this year. Like, I, I was one of the biggest Dak um, doubters, and dude, 
he he balled out this year. Like we have to give him credit, even if they don't end up winning on Sunday. The Cowboys played really well this season. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun game, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to that one, seeing how it plays out. And yeah, because Packers, like I said, they're rolling in hot, nothing to lose. Aaron Rodgers, known prick. He even came out today fuck on him. Pat McAfee show, and I mean, I agree. Yeah, fuck Aaron Rodgers, dude. But he even came out today on the Pat McAfee show and said, you know, where was everybody that was talking shit about Jordan Love earlier this year? You know, he 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 said he knew Jordan Love always had it in him. Also, you know what though? Um, fuck Aaron Rodgers. That's the same prick that talked his way out of town because he said they didn't have enough talent, and then Jordan Love just went out and did that <laughs> with the same. Yeah. fucking players like dude i i don't even like acknowledge aaron Rodgers' existence anymore like it just does nothing for me at all to hear anything from him he brings nothing to the table at all at this point you know i'm team zach wilson dude i think the jets should just roll roll with zach dude get a new coaching staff in there and give zach a chance man yeah all right uh sunday night the rams and the lions this is the matt stafford bowl dude oh god i'm gonna let you go first dude to me this is a coin flip of a game man I I I like the Rams because I'm a big fan of Sean McVay, but dude, my heart just aches picturing what it's going to look like if Detroit loses this game. Um, this is by far the most interesting game this weekend, dude. Detroit gets a home playoff game for the first time and ever. God knows when. <laughs> uh, Matt Stafford's finally getting a playoff game in Detroit, dude. I, I don't know, dude. No, no, no. I'm very, I, I, I know <laughs> who I'm picking. I just, I, I don't, I, I really don't want him to lose. I just, dude, every time the Lions have been in a primetime game after that week one game against the Chiefs, that the Thanksgiving game rings a bell to me. Like, I feel like every they time. They game against the Cowboys too, man. Like, I know I we mean. play the refs, but they kind of fucked that one away too, man. Like, Dan Campbell, like, bro, somebody needed to shake him and say, dude, let's kick this extra point and go to overtime. That's what I mean, dude. That's the thing is, I don't know. I, I still can't trust him, man. Like, I would He's love cannon. I would love to see the Lions win, and I hope I'm wrong. I really do because I do want the Lions to win. I just think, dude, in a game where everything's going to be so tight, who do you trust more? Do you trust Matt Stafford or Goff? And do you trust Sean yes, McVay dude. or do you trust Dan Campbell? Like, I yeah. just, I think for playoff experience and stuff. Everything tilts Rams, and they're playing incredible football right now. They got two of the better receivers. They have one of the best running backs in the NFL. Still a really tough defense. Aaron Donald's going to wreak havoc on set on Sunday night. I just I think the Rams win a close game, man. I think the Lions make a mistake late in that game, and I think the Rams take advantage and win. I'll go Lions just so we got some conflict, man. I, I think the Lions win like a one point game, dude. But yeah, I, I see this one coming down to the absolute wire. And like you said, dude, on one side, you got Vic Vey, who arguably the best coach in the NFL. And you got Matt Stafford, a veteran who, you know, had his ups and downs over his career, but he always seems to come up in the clutch. And then you got Jared Goff, a guy who, you know, plays pretty decent, but seems to always fall flat in those moments. So all that being said, I just... I think the sports gods are going to, you know, have their wins blow through Ford Field. And uh, and, I, and I think the Lions win a squeaker. Imagine, seriously, we've already talked about these three games, so I can say it. Imagine a world where in one weekend the Browns, Bills, and Lions all win a playoff game. Like, that's <laughs> – I don't – I think they said this is the first time since, like, 1953 they've all been in the playoffs at the exact same time. So I got to imagine this is going to be the first time ever that they all win in the same weekend if that happens. Like, dude, it's – this is, like, a year of, like, a possible underdog story. Like, 
I mean, yeah, the Lions are a three seed, but they're still a huge underdog. Like, there's no, yeah, there's no hiding it. Yeah, yeah, a, a historical loser, like by by any measure for sure. Uh, Monday night we got the toilet bowl of the week, dude. I think this is going to be just a shit game. Eagles, who have had one of the most monumental collapses we've ever seen from a team that started off so good, um, traveling down to Tampa to face the Bucks, who limped in, went in the NFC South. I see the Eagles winning an ugly one, man. I'm talking. I, I think this is going to just be a nasty game, like sixteen to ten, something like that, man. But I, I think the Eagles managed to get out of Tampa with the win and make it to the second round. I, they are not playing well at all, but I just find it really hard to believe this team's going to go from being eleven and one to getting beat in the first round by Baker Mayfield. Like I just, I, I just don't believe it's going to happen. This team has to come together this week. Like there's just, there's no way that a team with this much talent, grant their defense is absolute dog shit, but dude, their offense can outscore anybody in the NFL. There is no way you can tell me that their offense is this fucking bad. I just dude, you know, there's some rumblings out there too to add to the uh the pressure and the tension, man. There's some rumblings out there that Sirianni might be in trouble, man, if they go down there and lose this game and it and it's ugly, dude. You know, there's some attractive head coaches possibly out there. Like imagine if you inject Jim Harbaugh or Mike Vrabel uh leading that team because this team's ready to win the Super Bowl, right? Like it's 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 Super Bowl or bust for this team for the next couple seasons. Um so I I think you know, I don't think that helps anything, man. The fact that some of those stories are out there now that this dude's you know, jobs possibly in danger now over how the last six weeks have gone. That's unfair to him, man. It really is, dude. They Okay, so we had talked about this already. Like, when is it going to show up that they lost both coordinators? Well, it took 12 weeks for it to show up that they lost both coordinators and some key pieces on defense. Like, it took a long time for it to show up, right? I don't think this is all on Nick Sirianni. I think this is... Dude, this is the what happens when you lose two really good coordinators that prove that they're really good coaches at Arizona and the Colts. I mean, Arizona played every game tight, and the Colts played till the last week of the season on whether or not they could win the division. So, I think I feel you, man. It's a it's a results based business, though, dude. They put a lot of money on this team. If you just if you just go on Google News and search oh, yeah. Sirianni job security, there's all kinds of reports out there that he's on shaky ground Listen, right now. I'm not saying if they go out and lose this game Sunday that he shouldn't or Monday he shouldn't be fired. If they lose this game on Monday to this shitty team, he should definitely lose his job. But I think it's a little unfair to him. Like, no, I agree, man. It's unfair because he's been good. I think this is you know this is in the same vein as like. When John Fox got fired in 2014, you know, the Broncos were, I can't remember, they were the number one seed or number two seed in the AFC that year. And they got beat by Andrew Luck and the Colts. And, you know, even though they'd been a really successful team for those four years, John Fox was there, you know, like it was Super Bowl or bust and they canned his ass and brought Gary Kubiak in and won the Super Bowl the next year. Yeah. I don't know. Tough, tough business, man. For sure. And dude, the front office brought in Matt fucking Patricia. Like they did Nick Sirianni <laughs> no favors. That guy is the worst coach to keep getting jobs. Like what qualifications does this dude have other than he coached in her Belichick? He was he worked a, with Bill Belichick. He was man. a terrible head coach with the Lions. Like, dude, he could never get anything right. I just I feel bad for Sirianni, man. That this is just the nature of the business, and it is a business at the end of the day. So I feel bad yeah, for him, I, though. I always got love from uh, for Sirianni, man, from uh, uh, the the Super Bowl last oh, year when yeah. he, he was shedding Cried. tears during the national anthem. Man, I felt that shit, dude. 
Dude, that was one of the coolest moments in the Super Bowl. A lot of people are like, what a pussy. I'm like, dude, that's a man no, that's proud dude. of it to be in his country, proud to yeah. be a head coach in the best league in the world. Like that's like your life's work, dude. And you got you just yeah, like you said, you know, dude, it's dude, the I could tell that's somebody that never played football, dude. I mean, even in high school football, like I think we we had like some girls that would go out and sing the national anthem before our games, dude. And like, dude, that's just always a moment of reflection, man. Like you can't help but get goosebumps and get amped up, dude. Like you hear people from other countries, they, they'll even say like, dude, America has by far the best national anthem, man. Like it just, dude. It, and it was Chris Stapleton doing arguably the best one we've ever oh. had at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget senior night. Um obviously the last game of high school at, at our home stadium and they had somebody sing the national anthem and i definitely cried during that like i tried yeah, to hide dude. it i left my helmet on so nobody could see me and i just looked down the whole time but dude the first like five minutes of that game like i was way too amped up and i i just remember i completely whiffed on a block like right out of the <laughs> gate and i just remember getting to the sideline my coach just absolutely ripped my ass and i was like i know <laughs> i'm way too fucking amped up let me go sit down for a minute here because he was about to send me back out for defense and i was like yeah. no 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 let, let me go sit down gather for a minute yourself. i gotta like fucking gather my thoughts here for a second and it ended up yeah. being like the worst game we ever played. It was just a pure mud bowl. It was so bad. I think we lost six to three. It was just god awful football. But yeah. yeah, I always had the same thing, dude. I, I mean, I always had really, really good cardio, dude. But like, no matter what, it could have just been like a handoff and then like fake a bootleg or something, dude. I was always sucking wind after like the first play, man, because that adrenaline's pumping. Your heart's going so fast. Like, it's just, yeah, it's one of those those weird phenomenons about playing sports. Yeah. All right, let's get into uh, million dollar bets. Uh, uh huh, yeah. Uh, uh huh, yeah. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Uh. All right, how are we setting hidden into the playoffs, man? Oof, I had a brutal week last week. Um, I had Eagles, Giants over 41 and a half. Giants definitely did their part. Eagles did nothing for 100K, <laughs> loss. Then I had the Seahawks minus three for 100K, loss. Uh, mm. So that puts me at 19 and 17 plus 200K on the season. Still ahead, so I, I'll take it. Uh, you had Raiders minus two and a half for 100K. That was like, the, I don't even know why that I was even thinking that wasn't a great bet. That was a perfect bet. But you also had the Panthers plus five and a half, but only for 25K. So that puts you. They at, lost fucking nine to nothing, dude. <laughs> that puts you at 21. Six and, fucking points. 21 and 15 on the season plus 400K. Okay, I'll take it, man. What, what are you going to do if we get to the Super Bowl and I'm still up like, you know, 300,000? You're just going to put like a, a six leg prop parlay, like bet on the length of the national anthem, no. heads or tails for the coin toss. What color Gatorade gets dumped out? No, I mean, we said we started with a million dollars. I'm laying the whole million on that game. <laughs> All right, I will go first. Let me pull up these spreads that you sent me, man. I always pick out my, my bets before the game. And By the then way, they end up- also, we're going to note this. We can have the same bet because there's only six games this weekend. Yeah, like, yeah. We're, we're still going to have our own amounts yeah. and stuff, yeah. So nobody's Bogarting bets on here. Um, I'll start off, man. I am going to put... I'll put 50K down on the Packers to cover seven and a half. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they cover the, the, I'll put 50K Packers plus seven and a half. Okay. I am also going to go underdog. I am going with the Steelers plus 10 at 50K. 
I like that, dude. I, I have my eye on the Steelers there, but I typically never like betting underdogs, and I'm not going to do two in one week. So for my second bet, I'm going to go 75. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going 100K on the Chiefs minus four against the Dolphins, dude. I think they end up. I think the I I, I think the Dolphins hang around, but I think the Chiefs run away from that one a little bit at the end. So yeah, I'll go 100K on the Chiefs minus four. All right. Well, for the first time this year. We're going to have a little parlay action in my last oh, game. Oh, boy. Here we go. Let's get go it. Go go home. We got a uh, – I'm going to do a touchdown parlay. I'm going to choose three players. We'll have to let you guys know what the odds are next week because th- they don't have all the odds out for touchdown scores yet, so I'll have to do it at the end of this week. Um, I'm going to go Jameer Gibbs to score a touchdown, Josh Allen to run in a touchdown, and then Kyron Williams to score a touchdown. I'm going to parlay those for 25K, and I will let you know what the – the odds are on that next week. Yeah. Well, well, okay. So you're gonna you get you need to text it to me yep. on Sunday morning, so that way we. Uh, well, I have to do it on we, Saturday because I think. Oh, yeah, oh no, no, it is, morning, it is Sunday. It is Sunday. We're good because Gibbs and Allen. Yeah, before play. it goes live, you need to text it to yeah. me so we got some proof. We're gonna have some integrity on this thing. I ain't mm-hmm. gonna let you rob me and to steal this championship down the stretch. I got you. We're good. All right, you ready to get into the uh, mailbag? Let's do it. All right, one sec. Let me get this pulled up. Oh, I forgot to tell you, dude. We were talking offline about uh, uh, like being with like coworkers or maybe like acquaintances that you end up talking football with, and you're trying to be polite, but they just have no idea what the hell they're talking about. We've all had that experience, right? Yep. And uh, I had told Jordan, like, dude, I had an all timer of this man, so. Do you remember the 2006 wildcard playoff game between the Cowboys and the Seahawks? Yeah. When uh, Tony Romo uh, fumbled the snap on the extra point that would have sent the game into overtime? I do. The next Monday morning at work, uh, there was a female. And, dude, no, please don't take this, dude. Like, no offense to any females just getting into football, dude. I love seeing new fans come in. I think that was, I think that was the coolest thing about all of the – the Taylor Swift stuff this season, dude, if they, if they made, you know, a couple thousand more football fans and people that would never would have given it a chance before, that's great. But it was a female. Got to, got to mention that, that I, I was over and I'm sitting there just kind of working and doing my job. And I'm kind of just listening to this conversation across the office. And I hear this female talking to a guy. She says, did you see the football, the Cowboys game on, uh, I think it was actually the Saturday night game, but whatever. Did you see the Cowboys game at the camera with the guy said, and she said, yeah, Tony Romo fumbled the kickoff cost him the game. <laughs> and she has i'm sure she has no idea that you know 16 years later dude that just just freaking stuck in my mind dude her saying this so yeah i just had to share that one that was an all-timer of somebody just totally bungling the explanation um all right let's get into the mailbag all right first off zach hurts so this is a good one he says you can only eat pizza or wings while watching football, what are you going to pick and why? Oh man, dude, this is like this is like a life or death decision here. Like this, this is like ass or titties, dude. I'm like, not gonna lie, geez. this is literally two of my favorite things in the world. Like we don't. I mean, if you were having me picked on a top five, these two are both making it in my top five yeah. for foods. I think I would go. God, dude, I can't imagine not having one of these. I think I would go wings though, man. I love a good wing. Like that to me, like the best wing to me, like outweighs the best. I don't know, man. 
the best pizza is pretty tempting. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I think the best pizza, the best wing beats the best pizza. I think the worst pizza beats the worst wing, right? Like, I feel like wings got the higher floor and the lower ceiling, dude. But yeah. I th- I've taken wings all day, dude. I always associate wings with football, man. I, I mean, watch the pizza and football go great together also, but you can't beat a, a plate of chicken wings, dude. Some nice, uh, you know, some nice creamy ranch and a cold beer to sit down and watch some football. It's the, the absolute best. Perfection. It's what, it, it's, right, it's, it's what it means to be a man, too, like – Getting your hands all messy during the game, like that's what it's like to be you gotta a man. Go bone into Fuck. no fucking boneless wings, no chicken nuggets, dude. I, I don't mind eating boneless wings, dude, but you're definitely losing some man card points if you go boneless wings like, at the game. I feel like that would be the opening to home improvement now. Just Tim Taylor grunting and eating a chicken wing, like. All right, well, Brian Vermeer's got one that we discussed a few times um, on the show. We'll make our final calls now that we've seen the entire season. He's, excuse me. He says, Justin Fields, keep him or let him go. As a diehard Bears fan, I love, love, love Fields. However, hard to imagine we pass up on Caleb Williams. We cannot pass up on Williams with the hope that Fields still improves. We'd have to extend his contract in a year, and has he earned that? Um, I think you kind of nailed it, man. I like Justin Fields a lot, too. I, I, I mentioned before, I'm turning it over to my, if I try, you know, I'm going to trust my GM and my scouting staff to do their job and I'm going to take their recommendation on board. But I feel like if it's close to Caleb Williams being, you know, what he's hyped up to be, I think you got to take him because that just buys you four years on a QB rookie contract and you can continue to load up on talent around him. Um, and I think for that reason, uh, it's time to move on from fields strictly on the, on what's happened on the grass. I think it's a coin flip decision, but taking in uh, the financial ramifications, I think you got to draft a quarterback. So I had been saying this all season that if you get the number one pick, you have to take the best player. Like you can't, I mean, it's the bears. I I will never say they can't like, I could easily see them trading this pick and end up picking at like eight. I, I just think this would be a stupid decision at this point. I'm going to go one further on Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is good, but I don't think he has superstar in him as far as being a quarterback in the NFL. I think he's a worse passer than Lamar is, to be completely honest with you. His accuracy is not good, and it has not improved yet. Here's the thing that a lot of people are saying. They're like, yeah, you got to give him a chance, give him a better offensive line, give him more weapons. Okay, I get that, and you're right. You do need more weapons and stuff, but like – I've never seen a quarterback get more excuses for him than I have the last two years with Justin Fields. All you have to do is go down the list and look at his stats. He's not improving as a passer. He's still his pass rating's still low. His completion percentage is still low. I mean, this is the same shit people gave uh, shit to Cam Newton about. Like he can't complete a high enough amount of passes and. They took the run out of their offense for Justin Fields this year. I, I do not understand that at all. Like It was like they neutered him from running the ball because they were convinced that they could make him a pocket passer, which I think was a stupid idea because a lot of times the Bears offense was really predictable because you knew it was coming. It was going to either be a screen pass or like a short um, crossing route over the middle, and it kind of made him predictable. Um, yeah. And it, that definitely didn't help Fields. I just I feel like they have to draft a quarterback, dude. Like, is it the one hundred percent the right choice? Is a guarantee? No. But if you don't draft a quarterback, you are committing to Justin Fields. For I mean, at that point, you're basically saying you're going to extend this guy because you don't pass on a can't miss prospect when you have the number one pick. You might not ever get the number one pick again. You don't know. Yeah. 
Um, or you, or you might not have it in a year where it lines up where you got, you know, a franchise type quarterback coming out. His post game conference told me that he knows he's, he's done there. I just, the way he was talking, it just sounded like a guy that knows his days are up there. I think a change of scenery will really help Justin Fields. I feel like he needs to go to a dome team. I told one of my buddies this the other day. Um, I think it, being in a dome will help him a lot where the environments are controlled. And I, I think that might help his accuracy a little bit because he's just not accurate enough to be a top of the line quarterback. I'm sorry. There's just nothing about it that I've seen. And I mean, his record as a starter is like 10 and 29 or 10 and 30, something like that. Like, Again, results business, man. And if you ain't winning games, then what what is even the point of playing an NFL game? Big X factor, man. That last home game, he had the whole stadium chanting, we want fields, dude. You know the ownership had to hear that. You know what else is a big X factor? They have lost 12 consecutive games to the Green Bay Packers. And (laughs) everyone this week said, this is their Super Bowl. They can keep the Packers out of the playoffs. What'd they do? Dud. Yeah, good point. All right, uh, Johnny JB, did the Patriots release Bell Belichick and hire another head coach? Who do you think it would be? Uh, I mean, it. we didn't hear anything today, but all the indica- indicators there that Belichick's moving on one way or another. Vrabel would be a good fit, man, if he wants to go there. Me personally, I'm not going to be the guy who follows up Bill Belichick, dude. I am. Uh, uh, I, I want to be the guy that follows up that guy, dude. I just, I think that's... I mean, you're just following an absolute legend, right? You're 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 taking over at shooting guard after Michael Jordan for the Bulls. Um, I just feel like that's going to be a very tough spot to be in. And I think that roster is in horrible shape, man. Like that is not a talented roster. So I'm staying away from that. But I do think Vrabel obviously makes a lot of sense with all his ties to New England. I honestly would not mind being the guy that follows Belichick after the last four years. The minute Brady left, that team went to shit, dude. There's, yeah, there's no true. no other way around it. And everybody kept saying for all these years that Belichick elevated Brady. Dude, I'm not convinced of that anymore. I think Tom Brady, I mean, he's arguably the best football player of all time. Like, argue with whoever you want. I don't really He won care. another Super Bowl after he left. Also, That's my man. point. Yeah, I like, dude, I, Belichick's I, got a huge piece of that pie, dude. But yeah, I think, I think Brady's is a little bit bigger, man, if we're dividing up who gets the credit for the Patriots dynasty. Yeah, I mean, when you have the best quarterback in the NFL for 18 years of coaching, like, yeah, you should be winning some rings. Um, and when he's taking team discounts also. Yeah, I mean, I, I think now is the best time to be following Belichick because these last four years have been rough. The fans have started to turn on him. Like his decision making is not good at this point. Like he does not scout players the same way he used to. And I do think he's gone just because I feel like you don't want to completely ruin his legacy either. You know, like how many more of these seasons can he take on before it's like, okay, he's starting to chip away a little bit of his legacy. Like, how many does it take? Like, let's just say they lose, have eight losing seasons in a row, not making the playoffs. Like, does that tarnish his legacy at that point to you? Because to me, it does. Like, yeah, you don't want to be, uh, you know, you don't want to be Hakeem Olajuwon on the Raptors or something like that. Yeah, it's just I feel like all he's doing at this point is tarnishing his legacy. I don't know who they're gonna get. Um, better be a guy that's prepared to answer a lot of questions, though. 
All right, Johnny JB also says, did the excessive amount of attention Taylor Swift got during Chiefs game this season make you turn the channel? I know it did for me. I thought it was fun, man. I, I get it, dude. Like, it's, you know, some people don't like Taylor Swift. I thought it was interesting, dude. And like I said earlier, I think it brought some new eyeballs to the NFL. Um, and it's not like they were showing her, like, during plays, man. Like, it was, you know, cutaways after big plays and stuff. And, like, Dude, what what else are they going to show? Like Andy Reid looking grumpy, or you know, some random offensive lineman scratching his ass. So I don't really have a problem with it. I didn't mind it for the fact that it did bring in new viewers to the NFL. Um, my daughter's one of them, man. Every time the Chiefs run, she's like, "Is Taylor Swift there?" And I was like, "Yep, she's there." So she'd just wait to see if she would be on TV. And obviously, if she was there, she was on TV. Um, I felt like it detracted a little bit from the game if Romo was calling it because that dude just kept bringing attention to it. Like, <laughs> He's definitely a Swifty. God, it was just – but I, I do think overall good for the NFL. I mean, dude, Swifties rule the world, and there's a ton of them, and anytime you're getting more eyes on your product, that's a good thing for the NFL. You know, I got another Chiefs-related hot take, man, as the weeks have gone by and I've been thinking about it more. I think that fucking ref just should have let it slide on that Kadarius Tony offsides, man. That kind of robbed us of the best play of the season. I feel like I was kind of thinking about, like, you know, what was the best play of the year this year? And, uh, and, and dude, like, it, I mean, it, it's offensive offsides. Who gives a shit? And I like it really gave him that big of an advantage, man. I, I get it. It definitely was a penalty 100%. But I feel like, you know, if they didn't call it, I don't think it would have been that big a deal, man. And we would have had a, you know, just a really, really memorable play from this season. Yeah, but fuck Kadarius Tony, dude. He's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't he hasn't garnered any benefit of the doubt with the uh any any favor from the football gods, man. Uh Tony Barker says, Will Jim Harbaugh be a head coach in the NFL next year? And if so, where? I'd say LA, man, Chargers. I think that makes the most sense for him. Yeah. I, I definitely think he's going to the NFL. Um Chargers, Falcons, Raiders in that order, maybe. I don't know. Raiders could back up the Brink truck to him. And I feel like the Raiders, he could probably get like full, full autonomy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, he could, he could get a whole dictatorship going there if he's uh, if he goes to Vegas, probably more so than any of the other teams. Yep. Uh, Chad Smith from the Turnbuckle Tavern says, most expect the 49ers to come out of the NFC, but if you had to make a money bet on someone else, fantasy book, which team and how they get to the Super Bowl. I think the Cowboys are probably the next most likely man. They, you know, they got the Packers who, like we said, playing hot, but it's still Jordan Love in this first playoff game. They beat them. Then you got either Detroit or um, most like or Detroit or LA most likely coming into Dallas for the second round. I think Dallas could could beat either one of those teams, man. Well, and if the if the Rams win, they go to San Francisco. Got to remember the lowest lowest team left goes to the one seed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, for some I, the Eagles are playing so shitty. I was thinking the Eagles would be the bottom seed. Yeah. Well, either way, if it's the Rams, Eagles, or Lions, I think any of those teams. I think Dallas could win that. And then you know the 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 long the long pulling the tents against the Niners. I don't really got any kind of script for how they beat the Niners other than just nutting up and finding a way to get it done, man. Like I don't see any X's and O's way how they really beat that team unless they just harass, you know, harass Brock Purdy and get him off his game from the jump. But they seemed to have zero ability to uh, do anything at all against the Niners uh, when they played earlier this season. It's been a while since then, but I don't feel like the Cowboys have really gotten better since that uh, early season matchup, I felt like they've kind of just been steady this season. Whereas the Niners actually, you know, kind of leveled up a little bit up until that uh, that Christmas night game against the Ravens. So 
I don't know. It's a long shot, but if I had to pick somebody besides the Niners, I'd go Cowboys. I'm going to go Rams. I just, I feel like, dude, they got, they have the best coach. They're hot right now. Um, they got a lot of offensive weapons. Stafford's still capable of winning big games. Um, do I think it's likely that that happens? No, but I think it can happen. Like, I wouldn't completely be shocked if the Rams beat the Lions and then went to San Francisco, who they know very well. I mean, those two teams play twice a year. They know each other really well. I mean, if they beat them, like, Who's to say they don't go to the Super Bowl at that point? I mean, be a tough game. And they're playing loose because a lot of that core has got a ring, right? They, you know, they they won it just two years ago. So they're kind of rolling in. They don't really have, you know, anything to prove. They're already made men. Um, and so, sometimes that can help you play loose and just play with confidence. Uh, David Brooks has got a few for us. He says, what is it about Flacco? I think he's kind of the same way, dude. He's kind of just playing fuck it ball. Like he's being super aggressive. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I do worry about, um, uh, about him, you know, just self-destructing and having like a three turnover game against the Texans. Uh, what about you, man? What's, what's your vibes on Flacco heading into the playoffs? Yeah, he's, he's definitely playing fuck it. Completely loose football right now. Like dude, the guy was sitting on a couch three months ago like i mean there is no other bigger fuck it he's not getting like a long-term contract from anybody let's be serious here like this is his final run right here like so yeah he's playing loose and it makes them a dangerous team like like uh gene hackman said in the replacements there is no tomorrow makes you a very dangerous person wow i was not expecting to hear a replacements quote tonight but well played sir uh, am I too optimistic about moving up Kyle Pitts and Drake London on my early 2024 fantasy season rankings list with a new head coach, offensive coordinator, and hopefully QB incoming for Atlanta? I'll let you answer this one. Um, all depends on who the coach is, man. It's just, it's all going to come down to that. Like what kind of schemes are they running? Everything like that. Kyle Pitts has got to be one of the most underutilized players in NFL history though. Like, it's just it's embarrassing the way they use him. Um, as much shit as I said about Bijan this year, the dude almost had fifteen hundred total yards this year. Like absolutely incredible. I don't even know how. It's just him being incredible. So I think he'll be in for a really big year next year. And yeah, Drake London's a stud. He just needs someone to get him the ball. He can win a lot of jump balls, a lot of fifty fifty balls. So it just like I said, quarterback and the coach is gonna be a big determining factor. There's no way they're not bringing in a new quarterback. Like, there's no way they're rolling out week one next year with Desmond Ritter. And if they are, I've I've lost complete faith in this franchise to do anything because he proved he's not it. So, um, no, I don't think it's a bad idea, but be cautious and see who they get as the quarterback and the coach. So, if you have, like, some weird dynasty draft where you guys draft right after the um, draft, because I know a lot of people do that, be very weary of, of who they get. All right, the WWE on Fox Twitter account was trolling the Jaguars after they got eliminated um, on Sunday. Was this cringe or was this LOL? I mean, I didn't see this. Did you see what they actually tweeted? No, I didn't see it either. It's just... All right, give your thoughts. I'll see if I can pull it up real quick. Dude, I think people put way too much stock into Twitter and tweets and stuff like that. Like, whatever, man. It's just for fun anyway. Like, dude... Is anybody getting on Twitter or Instagram or anything like making life changing decisions? No. Like, dude, it's just, it's Twitter. I used to tweet, fuck, shit, 
every game that I was watching the Cavs game. So much so that it was like Seth's like, I don't even know what you're talking about, dude. And he unfollowed me on Twitter because of it. Cause he's like, dude, it was literally my entire feed was you cussing about the Cavs game. I'm like, yeah. I, dude, there was a point I was like really off the rails on when I was watching sports and I had to watch every single game and I had to tweet through every single game. I don't do it anymore, man. It was just such a mental drain on me. Hey, man, it's pretty well played. So uh, what they I'll, I'll forward this to you right now, but they retweeted a Jaguars tweet from December 13th saying, you know, playoff tickets are going on sale and they retweeted it with just the Kurt Angle like staring meme, dude, going uh, <laughs> looking at it. Looking oh, at I did see this. I just didn't. I guess I didn't read who had tweeted it. Yeah, so for those that are strictly football listeners, man, WWE's rival company, AEW, is owned by the same family that owns the Jaguars. So I, I like any time that, you know, my two passions, football and wrestling, kind of intersect like that. And and that's a pretty funny one, the way they played it. So tip of the cap to whoever's running that Twitter account. Um, what uniforms will Derrick Henry, Baker Mayfield, and Kirk Cousins be wearing next year? I'll go first. I think Derrick Henry's a cowboy, man. I think they end up out. The Cowboys and the Ravens have been the two teams most linked with him. I think Jerry Jones uh, opens up the the checkbook, man, and, and pays enough money to uh, to get him down to uh, to Dallas, man. It's a little bit warmer, no state income tax. I think you're a little bit closer to the Super Bowl with Baltimore. Um, but if I'm Derrick Henry, I'm heading down to uh, Dallas Fort Worth, dude. I literally see no way he doesn't end up on the Ravens. Him and Lamar Bro. have been talking about this for the last three years. I just, I seriously, th- I, I think there's no way he doesn't end up on the Ravens, honestly. I just, I feel like it's such a good match. They need a running back, man. They don't have an every down back. On the field, it works. I just, I think the money and I think those Texas titty bars sway it, man. And, and Derrick Henry ends up down the Lone Star State. Dude, I don't. Dallas ain't gonna have no money next year, man. They've got everybody already locked up for, and they still got to pay Micah. It's NFL though, dude. You you can always find a way, man. I feel like the salary cap's not nearly as much of a factor as it used to be. I, I think they figure out a way to get it done, dude. I I've been in Dallas and I've been in Baltimore. Outside of what's happening on the football field, I would much rather live in Dallas than live up in you know body more murder land. Bro, the Dallas Cowboys are seventeen million dollars over the cap right now, and it's all for next year. And they've only got hold on, let me see how many players they got under contract. They have forty eight players under contract for two hundred and sixty four million dollars. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll be wrong. Dak Prescott is owed sixty million dollars next year. Oh my I see, god! I think he's going to have that star in his helmet come come week one next year, man. Um, who's your Kirk Cousins? I think Kirk Cousins still on the Vikings, man. I think the Vikings bring him back. He was having the best season of his career. I think he's got a very strong case to be made as the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. I think the Vikings bring Kirk back. I mean, what other direction are they going to go? Yeah, I mean, maybe you can even, you know, Kirk's already made more money than his grandkids are ever going to be able to spend, dude. Maybe maybe you can work out something where he gives a little bit of a hometown discount, um, you know, with the thought that you can, you know, sign a few more impact players this offseason. But 
I think it works, man. The team loves him. Uh, the fan base got behind him. I, I think he, I think he got himself a, a lot of equity in that. You know, six or seven weeks before he went down, dude. The way they were still winning after losing Justin Jefferson, I think the Vikings would be really foolish to uh, move on from Kirk. At least, I think you got at least another two or three year window where you can compete with Kirk Cousins as your starting quarterback. They got to pay Jefferson this off season too. Yeah, like I said, I I, I think Kirk comes back. Yeah. Where would Kirk? No, if assuming the Vikings want him back and are just you know not going to be able to give him the same contract they gave him last time, where would Kirk go that would be better for him than Minnesota? I can't think of anywhere. Atlanta. Does Atlanta? Do you think Atlanta would want Kirk Cousins though? I feel like Atlanta needs to go younger, dude. Bro, I, I understand that, and yes, you are a hundred percent correct. It's the fucking Falcons. They'll make True. the wrong decision, dude. So Kirk True. Cousins, they makes were bending over sense. backwards for yeah, they were bending over backwards for Deshaun Watson. So yeah, you're right. Baker Mayfield, I think Tampa's got to bring him back, man. Yeah. So I don't think he's getting like a break the bank deal, but why not, dude? I, I think all things considered. Um, this season was successful beyond Tampa Bay's wildest dreams, man. Be- being back in the playoffs after Brady retires and it looks bleak, man. Like we thought they might be competing for the number one pick in the draft. And here they are. They're going to be playing playoff football come Sunday or come Monday night. And where is he going to go? Like, th- yeah, he's going back to Tampa. I think Baker Mayfield's going to, you know, he was Heisman Trophy winner, number one pick in the draft. Dude, thought he was going to be a franchise guy. I see him as being like the next Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Like just total journeyman, bouncing from team to team every season and a half. And I think every year he's going to have one game where he, you know, leads some crazy comeback or, you know, makes some real ballsy throws. And you're like, damn, dude, Baker's still doing it. And then, you know, he'll have two or three games where he's absolute dog shit. But yeah, that, that's the that's the, the trajectory I see for, you know, the rest of his career. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, IPA or light beer for game day? I'd like a steady stream of light beer with you know a crafty mixed in. Not necessarily IPA, but something adventurous kind of mixed in with the lights. Well, l- let me uh, take you down a little trip down memory lane. Last night, I decided I was doing all IPAs during that college football game. <sighs> I was. Hammered. I knew you were gone when you, when I was getting the uh, the the very affectionate tweets or the affectionate texts around eleven o'clock. I was like, yep. He he got turned up for that college national championship. Yeah, I got a uh, pretty fucking hammered last night, so I'll go light beer. <laughs> uh, sticking with the beer, Chad Smith again says, "On taste alone, what's the worst domestic beer?" For my money, even before the controversy, it's always been Bud Light. So. I don't like, I've never been a Bud Light fan. I take Bud Heavy over Bud Light all day. I hate PBR, dude. You know, PBR had a resurgence the last like 15 years. It became beloved by the hipsters, dude. I've never fucking liked PBR, man. Like even if it's ice cold, I still just do not like the flavor of PBR. So to me, that's the worst domestic beer. It's Coors Light to me. I think it literally just tastes like water. I get no beer flavor at all from Coors Light. I I agree with you on that. Coors Light's definitely the most watered down one, man. Like no flavor, but I feel it does. It's not actively offensive to me, right? Like it's just, it's just nothing to me. Whereas PBR, I just do not like the taste. No, I get it. I but I mean, dude, if I'm drinking beer, I want to at least be able to fucking decipher that I'm drinking a beer, not like I accidentally right. got a non-alcoholic or something. Coors Light to me is like if Lacroix made like a beer flavored like seltzer, <laughs> like you know how those like Lacroix, you get the absolute like faintest taste of whatever fruit it's supposed to be, right? Like it's like they let the fruit see the seltzer, but they didn't actually like put any in there, dude. That's the feeling I get with uh, Coors, dude. <laughs> the fruit is looking through the glass at the at yeah. the beer. 
Yeah, you were going to set the fruit next to it for a little bit. Yeah, but, all right. And he also says the best. He picks uh, Coors Banquet or Miller High Life. I love some Miller High Life. I still think Miller Lite is my favorite, though, dude. Like, I think it just doesn't make any sense to say this. I think Miller High Life is the superior beer, but I just like Miller Lite better. That's my go-to, man. If I could only have one beer the rest of my life, it'd be Miller Lite, and I wouldn't even have to think about it. I mean, everybody knows my answer to this. It's Bush Light all the way. Like, that is my... That is my daily drinker, and that is my beer that I drink all the time. All right. Favorite junk food to snack on while watching football? Hmm. I'm not a real big chips guy, man. Like, I don't I don't really like snack, dude. I'm making plates, dude. Like, I'm making, you know, if we're throwing down, like, we're getting, like, the questions Zach asked earlier. I'm getting pizza or wings, dude. So, my snack is going back for a second plate of pizza and wings. I guess if I had to pick a junk food that I probably ate most during um, football games, I mean, is beef jerky junk food? Like, no, that's like healthy, dude. Okay, you know, I'll go some lazy nachos, bro. Like, just straight up taking a plate of corn chips and just pounding fucking, you know, either cheddar cheese or like four cheese blend, like shredded on top of it and sticking it in the oven for like five minutes. I'll do that. Wait a minute here, nachos or junk food? God damn, I mean, dude. I, I don't know, dude. I mean, it's I just... hate the fucking world right now. Like, dude, I was thinking like Skittles or something that's like really yeah, unhealthy I've, for me. Like, I've always been a candy guy more than like a chips guy. Also, like any type of Haribo I'll throw down on. But nah, to answer the question, I don't have like a, a go to man. I would go like Skittles or something like that if I had to go something that's really bad for you. All right. Sam Rosenthal asks, uh, how many more coaches get let go? I, th- I think we see Belichick go and then maybe one other surprise one, man. I think for the most part, we've already seen all the action we're going to see for this season on the coaching carousel. This has got to be the lowest amount of coaches that have getting, gotten fired on Black Monday or the day after. Like three is pretty low. Yeah, it's pretty much not event. But there was a shitload uh, last year, so I guess that took yeah. a lot off of it. And then last one, last question. Does anyone sign Mac Jones or Zach Wilson next year? Yeah, I, I think both those guys are on the NFL roster. I think Zach Wilson definitely because he's shown enough flashes. Mac Jones, I'd be willing to bet the the Patriots keep him around, man. Yeah, the, both those guys are going to still be in the NFL next year. Like, they're both really young still. So- Dude, Nathan Peterman, who is the worst quarterback. He's put in the worst performance I've ever seen an NFL quarterback put on, on the NFL field. He's still in the league, man. So yeah, like dude, if you got even a, just the tiniest little cunt hair of talent as a, uh, as an NFL quarterback, dude, like you are going to get chance after chance after chance. Um, yeah, man. So I, I, I think with shadow of a doubt, both these guys, are, I think Zach Wilson might be starting for somebody next season. Dude, this is the thing I'm going to bring up from now on. Dude, Geno Smith was on his way out of the NFL got the job in Seattle after Russ got traded and has balled out. Like, don't ever say somebody's career is over. Hey, he told you, man. I didn't write back. Write me off. I didn't write back. (laughs) (laughs) Legendary quote, man. All right. Uh, Great episode, man. Perfect way to put the bow on the regular season. We talked about doing our end of season, end of year awards. I'm thinking maybe we do that during that bye week between the, uh, the conference championships in the Super Bowl, man. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely do some year in review stuff at that point. All right, and uh, with that, I will toss it over to Jordan for the last words, man. I think he's got a little bit of a dedication to hand out. Yeah, man. Uh, tonight's uh, closing song is dedicated to Arthur Smith and basically the entire Falcons organization. <laughs> <laughs>